Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, along with Brendan Scott. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor. I believe we're in year nine. As title sponsor on the show, Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can reach us at any time in the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 7804960063, the River Cree Resort Casino Excitement Bet on it. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 7804960063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Open Monday to Saturday. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. My Twitter account's Bob underscore Stoffer and Brendan Escott's is at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. We will tell you. Japanese Village open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton area locations featuring Alberta's own Brent Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. In this next uh, 55 minutes of the show, Sportsnet's Mark Spector will talk about uh, the new look Edmonton Oilers under Jay Woodcroft, potential trade targets as well. And then at uh, 12:30 at 1:35, the Edmonton Oil Kings in action tonight against the Calgary Hitmen. Brad Lauer will join us, and former Oiler. Uh, player and coach Ian Herbers, Alberta Golden Bears head coach, they take on UBC tonight. I'm told that there's uh, multiple NHL organizations in to see Noah Philp tonight at the U of A. Uh, so I'll be intrigued to see uh, how that shakes down as well. Let's head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Sportsnet Spec. Mark Spector for Horse Racing Alberta. Live standard bid racing has moved to Century Drowns Racetrack in Calgary. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Spec, how you doing? Pretty well, Bobby. How are you doing? Good. Uh, big blockbuster trade, and you know, Kyle oh, Davidson. Kyle Davidson makes his first trade. The Blackhawks signed as a 20-year-old Brandon Hagel as a free agent, and they ended up getting two number ones. And I've always, I've always wondered about Radish and Kachuk, what they could do if they got an opportunity. Um, Radish is represented by uh, Jeff Jackson, Connor McDavid's agent, who, by the way, has a guy by the name of Brett Murray. Okay, who's in the Buffalo organization? A six foot five left wing. He played briefly at Penn State. Uh, I would say he'd be a project type player. He would be the type of guy you know, somebody might target in the off season. Uh, but uh, your thoughts on this uh, trade that uh, Julian Breezeball has made with Kyle Davidson? Well, I mean, I get the trade for Tampa because when you're a really good team, you need young players on cheap contracts who can play. Right, and that's what Hagel is. He's 23. He's on the first year of a three-year deal. He gets his, his AAV is 1.5. So he's a good player. So I get it from Tampa. They're giving up a lot for that player for sure. But they think they're going to win. They're going to try to win another cup this year. Good for them. I'm not completely getting it from Chicago's side of things 
like, yeah, they're getting a couple of late first-round picks out of Tampa. That is fair. They're getting a couple of prospects that, you know, haven't come along as fast as top-flight prospects come along, Radish and Kachuk. Let's see how they do. But Hagel's there. Hagel's young, cheap, and really good. To me, I'm not sure why Chicago doesn't keep that player and build around them, but I guess they're pushing their rebuild back. They're telling you that that even a 23-year-old, we're going to pick a couple 18-year-olds instead. And that tells me Chicago's not going to be any good for a long time, Bob. Well, well, Mark, Chicago does not have a number one this year because they traded their number one to get Seth Jones. Now, it's lottery protected, I think, for the top two picks or whatever. So... You know, they've moved that pick. So, uh, you know, I told Okay, but Hagel's a good player. He's 23 years old. He's cheap like Borscht. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not, I don't, uh, it's an interesting trade and it's a bold trade. But if I'm Seth Jones, I'm I'm looking at that trade and going, man, we're not going to win for a long time here. They just added two bigger forwards at 6-2-6-3 that are going to play in their top nine. By the way, I I just, I got to say this. There's this rumor out there about Dominic Kubalik. Yeah. I, I would be stunned if Dominic Kubelik ended up with the Evans. I would be absolutely shocked. It yeah, I makes, don't think that's It makes either. no sense. The Oilers have already, just, just so everybody's aware, like, and, and you know, everybody's super, you know what, to, oh, you got to make deals, you got to make deals. The Oilers have already landed one of the biggest top six forwards that was out there, and they didn't give up any assets to get him. And his name's Evander Kane. And it might only be for a half a season. But what do you think other uh, agents are looking at what Dan Milstein has done and going, you know, I need to resuscitate or jumpstart my guy's career. Maybe I go in Edmonton where they got McDavid and Dreisel and Nugent Hopkins at center because they got Hyman and Pugliarvi and Yamamoto. Maybe my guy can go in there and get her going the way. Like, the owners have added a pretty good, impactful player, and they didn't give up a first or second to get him spec. Yeah, no, they did. But, I mean, I guess what I'd say to you is the beauty of that is whatever assets you had to give up, you still have those assets. So uh, I think we're pretty clear that, you know, if there was a, a great goalie with term out there, Ken Holland would go get him. Well, that guy doesn't exist. No. So, you know, I, I don't see Ken Holland. Ken Holland's got a few assets. Like any good GM, he'd rather not get rid of them in terms of draft picks and prospects. So he probably, I don't think that opportunity is going to be there for him this year. I don't think he's going to have a chance to spend a whole bunch of assets this year. I see the team adding a a third pairing left shot D and possibly a fourth line winger with a bit of bite. And part of the challenge is because of the Archibald situation. So I I brought up Zidane Ochara today. I don't know if Zidane Ochara would come here. He's very good friends with Pete Chiarelli. Uh, Did not end well for Pete here. Uh, but Zidane Chara, if he's playing 12 to 14 minutes a game in your third period, killing penalties and giving your team a little bit of bite, that and he's $750,000. He's easy to squeeze in. And the Islanders aren't making the playoffs. So, you know, is that a guy you could get? I don't know. Would you have any interest in him, Mark? Um, <laughs> you know what? I think you'd have to show me the list of other guys that are ahead of him. <laughs> Yeah. You know, the, listen, uh, who doesn't have ultimate respect for Sedano Char? He's probably a Hall of Fame player. Probably. Uh, he's a Stone Cold. He's a Hall of Fame player. So he, he's, he, the point is, I'm not sure that I need him, at that, that I want him that badly at this point in his career. I think I might rather have a, 
Um, you know, I think I, could, I think I could think of some other players who are younger and have less marquee value but are better players at this point. Oh, yeah, but uh, I, I would say the asset required. You're looking at, to me, a, like a, a fifth or a sixth-round pick. That would be it to get him, right? Like, we'd love to see Car- – I'd like to see Carson Suse here. It wouldn't surprise me if Seattle wants minimum a second-round pick to get him. Yeah. Right, so I mean, and and Carson Suse is two point seven five million. Chara is seven hundred and fifty thousand bucks. You might even, you know, who knows? You might even be able to include Lagason in a deal like that, so he can get a chance to play with with the Islanders. Uh, you know, there's now it's funny because there's a player in Ottawa that I've spoken of six. You know, I love Nick Paul, and he can yeah. play any one of your three forward positions. Do you know who's one of the biggest fans of Zach Cassian in the NHL? Who? DJ Smith. Loves him. Had him uh, when DJ was the assistant coach of Windsor when they won the Memorial Cup. He loved Zach Cassian. And, uh, it, you know, I, I just, I'm watching this Nick Paul thing and the money, it, it, it's almost like, I, I think, like, they're they're holding him out of tonight's game. They're not playing him. And I, I, I like Nick Paul. I'd be all over Nick Paul. That would be a guy. Now, I'm not saying you can, I, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe they eat half. Basically, the owners can afford a million and a half bucks, Mark. You know what I'm saying? That's what they can afford. So if they could get uh, Ottawa to eat half on Paul, maybe that's the guy to go get. Maybe you go get a guy like Delorier out of Anaheim. Or maybe you don't do anything at all. I don't know. I don't uh, put it this way. I don't think he's. I don't think he's buying any wingers until he's exhausted the defenseman. Yeah. Uh, you know, inventory that's out there, right? He can get by without any more wingers on the team. It'd be nice to you know a guy like Paul is a hockey trade because he's going to play for you. You know, he's a guy you would keep and and, and like to have here for a while. Yes. A guy like Susie is a hockey trade, but they have to move out a bunch of salary to get either of those guys, Bob. I mean, what's he got? He's got something like, what's his number that he's got for cap space? And because he's an LTIR, they don't get to prorate the salaries, right? Right. right. They've got they've got some limits. It's like $630,000 or something. So you want to bring in a guy that makes a million and a half, you still have to find a way to get rid of $900,000 in salary somehow. Yeah, Nick Paul, by the way, 11 goals this year, minus 18 with Ottawa, but is a, he's a coveted yeah. player. He's a coveted player around the league. All right, Mark, uh, for the horses and horse racing, Alberta, the 7,000 men and women in, in the horse racing industry, the Oilers are going to get Ryan Nugent Hopkins back. They're going to be fairly deep at forward when that occurs. Are we seeing a different team under Jay Woodcroft? The, the, I, I know you're not the biggest advanced analytics guy, but the uh, advanced analytics overwhelmingly would support that Edmonton's a vastly improved five-on-five team under Woodcroft. I'll take it one step further. Mark, look at the way they're starting these four home games. Outshooting the opposition 68-37 in the first, outscoring them 7-1. In my mind, they look like a different team. Do you think they look like a different team under Woodcroft and Manson? Yeah, they're a better five-on-five team. And, and you know, that's there's there's you call them advanced analytics. I think that there's some pretty easily attainable stats that that prove that they're a better five-on-five team. Their, their five-on-five numbers are just better. They score more and give up less. Uh, they have scored first, Bob, in eight of the 17 games under Jay Woodcroft. So, you know, that's let's call that half the time just for fun. Uh, which is the way it's supposed to be. This is that's how hockey's supposed to be. You're supposed to score first roughly half the time. And so, how he coached, you know, listen, I'll, I'll give him credit. Dave Tippett's staff couldn't figure that one out. And somehow, 
Jay Woodcroft's staff has figured that out. The Oilers aren't falling behind one nothing in every game. Sure, there's a lot of factors. They're getting better goaltending. They're playing better five-on-five. Five. They're not giving up as many chances. That All of those things come together and solve your getting scored on first every night problem. But give Jays and Dave Manson and these guys credit, man. They've, they've got a team that's kind of finding an identity, Bob. You know, they're starting to play the same way most nights. You're starting to see a team that you can count on a little bit here. And it all goes back to five on five. You can't you can't be power play reliant. It's awesome when you have a good power play, but if you don't have a good five on five, having a good power play just gives you a little bit of window dressing. It, it hides your problems. They're not hiding as many problems now as they were before, Bob. How much of this is you know, they didn't have Hyman, and now they have Kane as well. I mean, just the addition of those two left wings. Maybe a little on the maturation of a guy like Yamamoto who's looked pretty good up with McDavid. Uh, you know, we'll see where Paul Yarby goes. And, and it's going to allow them to play Nugent Hopkins as a third-line center when he returns, Mark. Yeah, that's – first of all, they've reached a point now where they're going to play those three guys down the middle. That just makes them a better team. And they've got three centermen now that you can count on defensively. McDavid's the defensive game in the last 15, 20 games. And all season's been much better. Dreisaitl is, a, is a, now a considered, and, and rightfully so, to be an excellent defensive player. He's excellent on the dot. He's a good penalty killer. So now you spread these guys out, you can count on them. Now you add a couple of top six wingers like Kane and Hyman, who are exceptionally good players. And, of course, your team's better, Bob. You're adding good players, right? That's what a team is. And, you know, they're getting there. They're not hiding guys in the top six who shouldn't be there. You take a guy like McLeod, who's really taken huge strides this year. You can count on him a little bit here. Woodcross moving him all over his lineup because, he's, you know, he can depend on that player. And before you know it, you know what? you got enough guys on the ice doing the right things that you get away with it. Like, pull your RV. I'm not, you know, let's watch him play a little bit. He had a real rough night last night, but it was his first night back. You know, he that, needs to that play. line, Mark, that line killed it, crushed it in puck possession. They did. They had it all night, had it yeah. all night. And if Pogliarvi, if five games from now, give Pogliarvi that game, he'll probably have two goals and two assists. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> he, he chopped the puck up pretty good last night, but that's okay. It happens, right? He's just got to play in straight lines and go to the front of the net and backtrack. And if he does that at his size, he'll get rewarded, and the offense and time hopefully will come. Mark, I'm gonna, and I'm, so I'm going to ask you two questions. The first one's on Jay Woodcroft. This guy knows Edmonton's prospects because he coached them in Bakersfield. He coached some of these guys as an assistant to Todd McClellan before. He knows the people. It's organic. We talk about organic growth in an organization. It's it's that way with the coaching. Are we heading down an inevitable path with Jay where he's going to be the long-term coach of the Oilers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we were just talking to Rob Tichkowski about that an hour ago. You know, he's shown here that, you know, this is an organization that tried to get better, has tried to get better by bringing in veteran people from other teams, right? Pete Chiarelli, who'd won in Boston. Ken Holland, who'd won. The Todd McClellan, who'd had a good long run in San Jose. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, let's face it, they're, they're still trying to win here. Let's put it that way. I'm not saying it's failed. They're still trying to win here. This guy's come along. He's a bright, young mind. You've groomed him yourself. He knows your prospects. Uh, listen, you let this guy off the hook right now. He'll be working somewhere else next September. I guarantee you. So, to me, he's signing a new three-year deal this summer, Bobby. And so is Dave Manson. 
absolutely no doubt about it. Mark, question number two. Zero, one, or two. How many trades do the Edmonton Oilers make by the, uh, the deadline when it wraps up at 3 o'clock Eastern time, 1 o'clock Alberta time on Monday? Mm, I'm going to say one, Bob. Okay. I'm going to say they're going to bring in. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that they're going to try to bring They're going to bring in a defenseman from somewhere, a, a guy out of the bargain bin a little bit. I just think I just think Ken Holland's hands are too tied on the cap to make any kind of big splash. Uh, so I'm picking one. What are you picking? I'm going to go with two. Okay. They're going to add a D, third pairing left shot forward. D, and they're going to get a, uh, a, a a forward with a bit of a dimension that can help them out. Who do you think he'll have to he'll be able to move, or who do you think he will move to clear out the necessary salary? Because there's got to be players going the other way, Bob. Well, they can assign. Uh, we'll, we'll on the D. I wonder whether or not Lagason gets included in it. Don't forget, mm-hmm. they can also, like, I'm not talking a lot of money with the defenseman. And and frankly, with the forward, they can do that. They've already cleared some money out as well, right? They sent Malone down last night, uh, emergency recall when he comes back. We'll see what they ultimately decide to do. Maybe, I mean, is there any way that they can move? And, and I, I think Archibald's played pretty good for a guy that hasn't played in about a year. But... The problem is he's only, uh, you know, can only play games basically at Edmonton and Calgary. Yeah. Is there any way they can move him along, do you think? That's the key for me. That's the guy. So I'm looking at a team in the Central or a team in the Metro, right? You can't have them if you're going to run into Toronto. Um, you know, uh, you certainly can't have them in the Pacific because a, a Pacific team like L.A. could play Edmonton at Calgary the first two rounds. So I think that that's the forward that gets moved. I think he'll move him for future considerations, which is for nothing. Well, if, if he gets moved, then they're going to be adding another forward. And I would watch Pittsburgh and St. Louis on that uh, Josh Archibald front. Okay. Spec, great stuff. We'll talk to uh, – actually, Mark, you're going to do a hit on Monday if you're cool. Are you all right with that? Under, yeah, I'll be, down there. I'll be down in uh, Denver with you, Bob. Well, thank you. You can uh, buy me a drink on Sunday night. Thanks a lot. Let's do it, partner. All right. That is Mark Spector, <laughs> Sports at Spec for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. KDK says, Bob, without looking, please tell me one player projected to go in the second round of this year's draft who's not on the Oil Kings. The Oilers continually, says KDK, overvalue draft picks when actually – Developed NHL players are available. Teams with good manage, good management recognize this and use the perceived value of draft picks to consistently improve their team. KDK wants the Oilers to trade a first for Travis Sanheim and salary going back and trade a second for Carson Soucy or Paul or whoever. The pick won't matter from KDK. I got to be honest with you, KDK. I am not, I have not even begun uh, to to focus on the NHL, and I don't think the Oil Kings have a guy that's going in the second round of this year's draft. They got four first rounders on the team right now, but I don't think they got a guy that's going around two. Uh, I, I don't. They're not a team that. They're a good 19 year old team. They they're a great 19 year old team. Brad Lauer from the Oil Kings coming up at 135. Ian Herbers from the Alberta Golden Bears at uh, 145. Uh, and KDK says Tampa Bay had zero ads. Tampa Bay had zero cap space in LTR. Quit using the cap as an excuse not to improve your team. That one comes to us from KDK. Uh, and Carson has Texas Bob. Jay Woodcroft is the first coach I've seen in decades that fans almost unanimous, unanimously support. Lock him up long term. That one comes to us from Carson. You know what? Jay did uh, this show for three, you know, three and a half years. He did Jason Greger's show for three and a half years. And I 
he he spoke the right language to Oilers fans. He did. He got it. You know, it's not that he said what they wanted to hear. He understood what he needed to. I mean, Ken Holland credited Keith Gretzky and Jay Woodcroft for the Oilers' improved development model. Tells you everything you need to know right there. One twenty-four. Edmonton will step out and be back after this. And Oilers now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. All right, very quickly, let's get to the Oilers Now lineup report at 127 in Edmonton. It is brought to you by Craig Hummel at Remax Excellence. Find your dream home, sell your old home, sold today. Edmonton.ca. Kamiko Koskinen slated to start tomorrow. The Oilers lineup looks to be the same as it was yesterday in the 6-1 victory against Buffalo. McDavid, Kane, and Yamamoto 19 points in the first four games of the homestand. Dreisaitl, Hyman, and Pugliarvi dominant 5v5 uh, possession numbers yesterday. Shore Short-handed goal yesterday with Fogel and Ryan McLeod with Archibald and Cassie. And on defense, Nurse and CeCe, Keith and Bouchard, and Russell and Barry. Uh, the Oilers' opponent tomorrow will be the New Jersey Devils. Here we go. Here's what they're going to roll with. Hughes up front with Jaeger, Sharon Govich, and Jesper Bratt, who's got 57 points in 56 games this year. He's here. Year two of a $7.25 million a year deal. Uh, along with Tatar... Homash Tatar, remember that name. The winner's got Hyman instead. Uh, Tatar and Dawson Mercer, who's been an excellent rookie for New Jersey. Uh, Jesper Volquist with uh, Jimmy Vesey, who's having a tough go, and Nathan Bastian. We mentioned him a lot when he was in Seattle. Well, he went to New Jersey. He's got 10 goals since going there. Ryan McLeod's brother, Michael McLeod, with uh, former Edmonton Oil King, Mason Gertzen, who had one of the best punch-in-the-face contests all time with Mitch Moraz uh, back in junior. Uh, they had Colt White on the right side, and that's because Andreas Janssen was out with an illness last game. Segan Taller, very good pickup by New Jersey with Damon Severson. A lot of people think he might get moved. He's a 2020 UFA. Ryan Graves with Dougie Hamilton, year one of a seven-year deal, $9 million per. Ty Smith with P.K. Subban, who was a UFA at the end of this year. Uh, they had Nigel Dawes and then Gillies as their uh, two goaltenders. That's your lineup report. Again, brought to you by Craig Hummel at Remax Excellence. Hey, before we throw to news, Bob, we've got some World Junior news breaking. Uh, Darren Dreger just tweeting out Edmonton. that Edmonton, in fact, will host the entire championship in August. There you go. So uh, Bob Nicholson is currently at IIHF meetings in Switzerland. Uh, I wonder if something ends up happening with Rene Fissel as well, given that he's now fully employed by uh, the Russian government KHL. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, uh, we will hook up with Edmonton Oil Kings head coach Brad Lauer. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.